0: This movie is an example of what happens when you take consent and communication out of a relationship. Right, right. This is what is left. Trauma. That's what's left. If you take those two things away, you have this movie. That's not sexy. That's not sexy.
1: That's sexy. Ha ha ha. That's sexy. Ha ha ha. not sexy. I
0: don't know, I ain't sexy man. Uh this is Alexis. Miss this-, this is Tik <laughs> Tok. Okay, this is Alexis. Nope. Mm-mm, nope. Son of a whore. <laughs> It's when <laughs> I'm reading, you know, it's it's like entirely when I'm reading and not when I'm just speaking off the cuff, which is so bad.
1: Whale's vagina. Whale's vagina. It's because we right. feel we, all of us, I do, we're, we're, there's a bit of us that feels that we need to go into reading reader mode. I, I was and thinking about I it nervous. with John
0: Oliver the other day. I was like, I do not understand how John Oliver doesn't fuck up more often because he's reading. Yeah. And I'm like, that is brilliant. Okay. It's, anyway. it's going to be us soon. Welcome to That's Not Sexy with Alexis and AJ. We're here to talk about how the movies we grew up with gave us some really wild and often unhealthy ideas about romantic relationships and sex. Join us this week as we revisit nine and a half weeks, and then probably tear it to shreds. Probably. Maybe. Probably. Who knows? <laughs> this podcast discusses sex, sexual violence, relationship issues, trauma, Explicit and or weird sexual situations, situations that you might find sexy and we really disagree, romantic encounters that make us feel icky, and a number of other things that aren't for everyone. This podcast may probably include words and phrases that you may find offensive. If you feel that any of this may not be for you, we understand. And hey, what are we talking about today?
1: We're talking about nine and a half weeks.
0: The year is 1986. It was a good year, depending on how you look at it. I actually don't remember. I think it was probably a pretty shitty year for for me. I didn't like the late 80s. It (laughs) wasn't my era. Okay, in case no one has seen it, it was billed as a stylish and erotic drama about two isolated people drawn together by a chance meeting. It abuses an unsuspecting woman who works at an art gallery.
1: Okay, thank you. Can you please correct the (laughs) record on Wikipedia?
0: (laughs) I don't think it would have uh, worked as well. The only people you really need to know is Kim Basinger and Mickey Rourke were in it, and it was directed by Adrian Lin. That's the only, that's it. It's like a two-person cast, basically.
1: <laughs> hey, okay, what else do we know about this Adrian Lin fellow? Uh, there, I, I, think, I think this guy's done a couple of movies, huh? Eh? He's done a few things.
0: Uh, I think uh, we got uh, a little Fatal Attraction. Little Fatal Attraction being remade as a TV show right now, which I don't understand and will not be watching. Sorry,
1: I'm gonna be a hard pass. Yeah, hard pass. Uh, I think we got
0: Basic Instinct, which I loved but have not rewatched yet. we We're will to get to that one. It. Yeah, we will be rewatching it, but I did love it originally. And
1: uh, we've and then most recently tried to make movie going sexy again with Dark Water with Ben Affleck and Anna De Armas, which which uh, you saw. I did see. It is, I think it's part of a larger cultural issue of movies not being sexy anymore. And here, this is supposed to be a sexy movie from the guy that made the erotic thriller genre, like single-handedly kind of created it in the 80s, 90s.
0: For better or for worse.
1: For better or for worse. Probably both. It's a leaden, not frolicsome, not sexy, very little sex. And Ana de Armas, how do you not
0: make her she's so hot night. she's so hot why i mean come on she was sexy in knives out <laughs> she was so sad she never wore anything but sneaks no she was just a, <laughs> she was frumpy but they couldn't even frump her she's unfrumpable
1: <laughs> i love you i love her so much on armis unfrumpable
0: unfrumpable i've declared it
1: i think we've coined a new word for urban dictionary uh so okay so he's sort of the the king of the erotic thriller but i feel like this sort of kicked it off, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think it w- I think it was this, it was, um, as far as the way I felt about this movie originally, I do recall, I saw it in, uh, not until the mid nineties cause I saw it while I was working at Blockbuster Video. And I remember thinking the movie was comically bad and entirely ridiculous. And I thought that the food scene was so insane and so unrealistic that I think that I just, Took the VHS tape out of the player and put it back in the case, and was just like, "Never again. <laughs> I won't be you watching said, that again." He said, "Nop, nop, nop." Uh, second watch, uh, I found it horrifying, <laughs> and it's just bad. It's it's everything that we want to talk about. So, uh, spoiler alert: none of it holds up. It's really it's really traumatic, in my opinion. So,
1: I think this is going to be a really fun one for us, partially because. There's a the flip of like, when I first saw this movie, uh, I guess I was maybe in ninth grade, saw it on cable. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very sexy, mm-hmm. and I remember. I mean, I've had I had no experience at that point. I was like the most like dumb straight laced nerdy kid, but I-, I thought the food scene looked so fun and playful, and the soundtrack was that moody eighties, and Kim Basinger was so pretty. And oh, it you hard. were in. Into- they were doing it in the rain but also i guess i had no good role models because i was like this feels like an okay relationship no rape here
0: yeah fair no it's it's fair i feel like it's (laughs) it really takes a modern watching to to get what this movie actually was was serving up when we watch it again for the podcast and
1: we'll get into this i just i just was astounded and 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 disgusted it's like it's it's a tale of abuse and it's not sexy
0: um i did pull a couple notes about the year 1986 because Ooh. i felt like this is an important sort of set the stage very briefly as to what was going on in the world of women there's so much so let's just a very quick overview um Hit and me. i learned i learned some stuff too this is interesting okay so 1986 was the year that the supreme supreme court ruled that a work environment can be declared hostile or abusive because of discrimination based on sex. So um, it was basically the very beginning of uh, women being able to legally call out sexual harassment in the workplace, which is crazy. that 86. It took that long. It would, it's, it's interesting in context of like, this is really when women, it's not that we weren't working before then, but we were working in corporate environments Yes. So we were working next to men instead of next to other women, and they just couldn't handle it. No. <laughs> they just couldn't work next to a woman in a skirt without putting yeah. a hand on a boob or a
1: hand on the fanny. Oh, God,
0: or telling sin. them how pretty
1: they looked or that smile for me, honey.
0: Cue Dolly Parton. Yeah, Cue Dolly Parton. Okay. Uh, the March for Women's Lives took place on March 9th, which was the largest. March for Women's Rights in U.S. History. We're right in the middle of fighting to keep abortion rights where they're at and then progress them. So like, there's an active, violent sometimes fight going on at this point in time. Congress approved stricter federal rape laws. Hmm. Uh, Single crime of rape was now replaced by four gradations and penalties based on the severity of the crime. I think this is important because the marital rape exemption was abolished that's a mouthful. Basically like before that your husband could assault you within your marriage and it would be legal and that is insane. This is still in the
1: era where like Eddie Murphy could joke around about how when his wife gets out of line he has to slap her
0: and it oh, didn- yeah. and didn't get blowback. Yeah, no there's definitely there's so many things. That's crazy.
1: So yeah, we're um, in an era where women don't have, you know, don't have equality still, but they're fighting for it.
0: Fighting they, hard.
1: Fighting hard. They're they're finally getting stricter federal rape laws, but the mm-hmm. but women are still viewed as second class citizens in terms of their sexuality and how what men are allowed to sort of impose on them.
0: Yeah, the fight is not working out in our favor. We're do, we're fighting, but the the results of all the fights are are. It is a slow slog, and it's yeah. really upsetting. Just a very nice uh, note. Uh, it did become legal for women to be topless in Washington, D- Washington D.C.
1: Right? So. Oh, we'll take it. Yeah. yeah. We, so, like, we'll just we'll wins. just leave it at
0: that. We'll yeah. just leave it at the 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 titties out in Washington D.C. Um, so back to the movie.
1: So uh, basically, the um, Robert Ebert, Roger Robert Ebert, Robert Ebert. That I just made up. <laughs>
0: It flows out the tongue a little bit. Robert Ebert. Robert Robert Ebert. Robert Ebert. Robert Ebert.
1: Gave it three and a half stars. Too many stars. Uh, Too many stars. And also uh, one of his quotes was, he offers her quite boldly an experimental erotic relationship.
0: Oh, Robert Ebert. (laughs) No. (laughs) You fucker.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. I don't think that's what he offers her
0: um it's but sad. just i loved roger yeah uh
1: but just to show you what the ethos of the time still felt like you know yeah. um he says the first time he touches her seriously is to tie a blindfold around her eyes they advance into arenas of lovemaking often described in the letters column of penthouse and elizabeth that's can basing her for the most part is prepared to let john call all the shots mm. he wants to be in control and as she surrenders to him she abandons herself to dreamy, erotic, absent-mindedness.
0: None As, of this felt dreamy to me. No,
1: no. And I don't think she let, I don't like this. She's letting him call the shots. No, because
0: she's not. Letting him would imply that she was ever asked what she what she thought. Yep. No. Which uh, she was
1: not. No, and he's basically like love bombing her. And then just like the, the frog in that damn pot of water, he just keeps turning up the heat. And using manipulation, like straight up gaslighting. And and this isn't a fun BDSM relationship. No. Oh, Can I will talk? mention real quick that this book oh, yeah. was written. Oh, yes,
0: yes, the book. <gasps>
1: uh, so for those who don't who think this was just a pot boiler heated, sexy movie that Adrian Lynn and some overheated dudes wrote, it's not. It's based on a book called Nine and a Half Weeks: A Memoir of a Love Affair, published in 1978 by Ingeborg Day originally published under the pen name Elizabeth McNeil. McNeil. And in her words, it was about a a brief sexually violent relationship between an art gallery owner and a Wall Street broker. She always thought it was a book about violence and trauma.
0: Interestingly, the woman who wrote it (laughs) knew knew that it was an unhealthy relationship, but everyone else was like, seems cute. (laughs) Honestly, seems sweet. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Sexy. Oh, I want to be. I want to have sex on a bed in a store, and I want to,
0: you know, get Ugh. stab a lady. Yeah, I, I feel like it's important to to just talk about the fact that when they meet in this movie, they never actually meet. He kind of follows her around, and we are led to believe that it is not him stalking her. It is actually just fate that brought them together over and over again on the streets of New York City. No, but sure. I did have a weird reaction like to the fact that we're never given that moment. Like it's just it's just this um it's an uncomfortable bubble that she is suctioned into and then can't get out of. Like it, it's that's that's all I can think of. It's it she's there's I think that um some sort of traditional meat cute would have been exactly that too cute. Yeah. And so they were like no, <laughs> like we're, we're going to do away with that. And you're going to go from passing each other on the street multiple times to just being directly in a relationship or something or whatever this is. I I don't even want to call it a relationship <laughs> deal. There is, which I feel like is a big tell on women's pleasure at the time. There's mention of a vibrator at exactly nine minutes into the film, and it's basically treated as gross and shameful. Like they were like, "Ew, vibrator!" Ew. Like let's not even talk about it. It's like when someone, you know, kid would find something like that in a in a teen movie and like throw it around like a hot potato. But these are adult women talking about it, and I was like, okay. Even the adult women in this movie are like, "Ew." vibrator i'm like okay
1: they're even in the, they're like we are in new york we're in our 20s we're sexual yeah. people but we don't own our own sexuality enough to like welcome the vibrator which yeah, i guess even hey, that's changed
0: it. a lot that's changed let's let's like give some credit where credit is due that has definitely changed it may not have changed everywhere for all people but it's definitely much more visible now
1: I mean like women on an NBC sitcom could talk about their vibrators. Yes. Like I think we're there like a a a, a network show could do a light vibrator joke. Uh- I-
0: Um, One of the things I thought about in the beginning of this where, like, I could see thinking that Mickey Rourke was hot. Like, back then, I can see thinking that his baby face that he used to have was very hot, very cute, and I would have been drawn into, and I probably would have... Like, this is is the start, the discussion of me seeing my younger self in Kim, and never once during this whole movie thinking that she was crazy, because she... Like, I see it. I can totally understand. And also he immediately purchases for her the $300 scarf that she wanted as a, look at me. I'm so amazing. It is a love bomb. (laughs) It is a love bomb. It's the first narcissistic action that he takes is purchasing her this outlandish gift for someone that he does not know. No, And I was like, red flag, red flag, number one, wave it. He's, he's grooming it, her. He's grooming it, her. He's. It's. We've, we've already begun the grooming, which convinces her, I guess, to go to the secluded houseboat with him. Again, if someone had been back then in my 20s, if someone had been like, I've got my friend, my buddy, my buddy's got this cool houseboat. You want to go to it? I would have been like, cool, let's go. Especially after what they had like two glasses of wine or whatever they had at their Italian joint. And yeah, I think that even... Even me being like, oh, that feels dangerous. Yeah, stupid mistakes, mistaken for romance. I I don't blame her. Um, No, I don't either. Also, when they're at the houseboat, he pokes continuously at her, her discomfort and tells her right out, She may have made a mistake coming there while he casually makes the bed with new sheets. And she's like, I could not look more uncomfortable right now. Look at my face. And that's not how we're supposed to treat people, especially when going into a relationship. Like when you go into a relationship, you need to make the other person feel safe. Safety is all caps, number one, top of the list, healthy relationship.
1: Consent is sexy. Safety is sexy. And this movie is the opposite. It's all about danger. Yes. And this idea that passion is dangerous um, and it's sort of the, the peel of the bad boy. And, you know, and also he knows he's got her already and that's part of it. Like why else would he be Mm -hmm. putting new sheets on the bed while he's saying you shouldn't be here? It's that thing of like, I'm a bad boy. You're a sweet girl. I
0: presume that you will go to bed with me. And like, he is not wrong. You know, and he's not wrong because it's worked in the past. Like, this is, there's no point where I'm like, oh, this is the first time he's ever done this. No, No. not even close. This is, he is comfortable. Props to her for this one moment because she does leave. (laughs) She's like, I'm out. But that it doesn't, it just doesn't work out from there so it's the 80s so we have movie we have montages throughout this entire movie and every montage in this movie except for one which we will discuss is just him being a strange narcissistic prick to her like he's just he's he's so rude he he traps her at one point on the top of a ferris wheel and then him and the ferris wheel operator just peace out to go get a hot dog like they they just leave her there and she's i mean i would have been crying
1: Oh yeah. I would have been crying. And and also I don't think I would have, but there's also like that long thing of like, if a boy pulls your hair, he likes you. Yes. If a guy's mean to you in front of his friends, he likes you. And like, we're taught that the language of love or romance from a boy to a girl is mean spirited, but we mm-hmm. should take it as
0: attention. As though when you're a kid and you're told those kind of things, it's not going to translate into an adult relationship. It absolutely is translating because all you're doing as a kid is absorbing those, you know, those lessons and then trying to apply them appropriately, appropriately to life after that. And yeah, I mean, like, I 100% recall many many times during my teen and early 20s specifically i would say life where i was made to feel embarrassed and helpless and not in control of the situation yeah. but also kind of flattered that i was getting attention paid to me yes. and it was such a confusing feeling yes. and i did not i did not understand that that was an unhealthy situation that I could have taken control of if I had just been like, screw you. I'm, I'm out of here.
1: Yeah. But I didn't know that was an option. No. Well, all attention isn't good attention. No, but we're we were definitely like women before us and it was starting to change, but not all the way. No, I yeah. mean,
0: I I, I was very shy as a kid. And so I think that one of the things that sort of would strike me in those moments is is the part where someone is paying attention to me. And yeah. if I could just get them to pay attention to me long enough to get to know me, then they could become my friend or my boyfriend or whatever. Right. right. So like, well, it, it was viewed as, we'll just get over the hump of my, my own discomfort <laughs> and their, you know, immature- treatment of me yeah and as soon as we get past that we'll be fine yeah then it's, it's going to be a normal not relationship yeah so like uh
1: you know a guy just tells you to get naked <laughs>
0: yes And you which, which is what happens next <laughs> this is precisely what happens right after this is is mickey i'm just calling them mickey and kim by the way let's do it I, mickey and kim mickey just tells they go back to her place and mickey is just like all right now get naked and again visibly uncomfortable kim i mean he he says are you uncomfortable she says yes and they just carry on <laughs> like nothing was just discussed there's nope. uh, this is where consent again should have come up like are you uncomfortable yes you're uncomfortable okay what about this is making you uncomfortable let's let's uh let's stop everything and like maybe you need to be in charge of this situation like not me i mean this is exactly where things really, I think, go off the rails because she, she really, she, she loses all of her, all of her autonomy. I think her autonomy. Was, yeah. During yeah. this specific scene, there's the blindfold is involved Yep. and yeah, there's no safe words. There's no, there's, there's an ultimatum where yes. he's like, yes. You will take off your clothes. You will let me blindfold you. I am going to stay totally clothed. Yes, which is so. That was a trope in these eighties movies. Gross. The dudes are clothed, and these yes. women are naked. The, the dudes are also ultra clothed. Like yes, they're wearing, they're wearing a suit, a tie, a suit jacket, sometimes an overcoat, and a vest, there. a top hat, gloves. <laughs> What's happening? Perhaps a cane. It's so unbalanced. And but because it is, there is an essence of it that is also fun and interesting to her. Mm -hmm. I also understand it's not healthy, and there's a version of this that she is probably trying to make it into Mm -hmm. inside of her head, where she's like, "No, this is what he means, and he's just he's he's turned on by me, so I should let I I should let this happen because." You know, it's safe. It's fine. Yeah. And you're just overlooking all of the things that rightfully have made you uncomfortable about the situation,
1: yeah, yeah, because in some way it's scintillating or it's a it's this idea that it's a sexual fantasy for her, too. Yes, it's, it's unlocking something for her, but it's unlocking something dark
0: and we had talked about this separately, but it's like it's a good time to bring up like fifty shades of gray ended up being the modern version of this yes yes and was also just as bad yeah versus the secretary which is also something that deals with the bdsm relationship and was done correctly
1: completely and agree
0: if you look at them side by side it is such a difference and the the key difference is that in this situation, Kim would have been the submissive and he would have been the dom, but it, she would have been the one making all the decisions. That's right. That's right. And that—that that is the key. That is the thing that everybody in the community and just same people everywhere were like, the power dynamic is incorrect in this situation. Exactly. You are the one, if you are a sub, you are the one deciding. Yep. And you were the one calling the shots.
1: Yep. And instead, she's just being victimized. Yes. And that is the difference. So, if
0: anyone wants to go further down that research hole, yes. <laughs> the, yeah, it's an important one. Yeah. Um, I agree. The scene also never resolves into them actually having sex. She's naked and he's just rubbing ice on her.
1: What is the obsession <laughs> with ice in these movies? I used to, oh, no. I really thought ice was going to be a big part of all my sexual futures if you watch these movies.
0: I think that ice maybe had come up like a couple times when I was younger maybe just because there was like a glass next to the bed or something like that it just happened to be there but at no point in time like I can't remember ever being like loved it more than that (laughs) please like I just I don't maybe I didn't do it right um but I yeah I don't I don't recall it's not for me but I thought it might be I was excited about the idea I also don't like being cold. I hate to be cold. (laughs) I totally not being cold. So maybe that's probably it. Yeah, I would pick never cold, please. This has nothing to do with anything, but um, there is a lot of art in this movie. (laughs) It is. Just as a, a total side note, there's all this art in this movie, and I never could figure out who made the art. And- that is, that's sad to me because there some artist makes art for movies and then it just gets, it's just gone into the the ether. It's just lost to, to time. And I'm like, but who painted
1: that? Maybe <laughs> Mickey Rourke, maybe Mickey Rourke has these paintings right now. Somebody has them. I wonder, all right, uh, if someone listening to this knows any of the art team from the original nine and a half Seriously. weeks, did this art get a good home? I but find I, that to be very interesting. But you know, I also don't think that is a non sequitur because I think part of the reason why people were so attracted to this movie is that it is be- lit sexily. Yes. Everybody is gorgeous. The music, the soundtrack, it's a very sexily shot movie. And the it's art- an art characters house film. Gorgeous. It's an art house film. So you watch it and you think... I'm being I'm European watching this. Yeah, I'm. I, I feel very French or something. I'm watching something naughty. As to a to something,
0: you know, I I would call it a it it wants to be an art house. It wants to be, yes. because it doesn't quite achieve that. But the visuals, yeah, I mean, it it's is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It is what I remember New York being. I mean, it's it's very cool, and steamy. It's yeah, a steamy I love Very very steamy, very wet.
1: So what happens uh, to Kim once she begin? She embarks on this relationship. Well,
0: how does it affect her at work? I mean, she and she just leaves her whole career on hold. Basically, she she checks out, which is also a sign of a bad relationship. <laughs> Yes. Like if you are checking yes. out of the thing that you clearly love in your life, you are checking out of your relationships, you're checking out of your job, checking out of any hobbies or personal time or anything like that that you may have had. Uh, she she checks out of everything to the point where her mother and her doctor are both looking at her looking for her via her answering machine at separate points in the movie. Her doctor um, is
1: very concerned.
0: Very concerned. We never find out quite why, but very, very worried about her. That is another indicator. It's another red flag where that's not what happens in a, in a good relationship. You don't just like get into your relationship and let every other thing fall to the wayside.
1: Although we've all done it. We've all done it.
0: Yeah. 100%. There were so many times in my life where I had not necessarily, uh, I mean, I never checked out of my job because I couldn't.
1: No, uh, some of us work for a living.
0: Yeah, God damn it. It wasn't a possibility. I would have just starved. <laughs> um, but I definitely, you know, wouldn't see friends as much as I right. did or didn't, I, you know, didn't demand alone time, which I definitely need as a, as an introvert. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always like, just like subtle things, which yes, you're going to have less time when you're in a relationship with someone else to yourself. I that. That's a given. Yeah. But to have it in an unhealthy way where you're just never given, you're, you know, you're never giving yourself any fuel. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Big no. But, but uh,
1: we do have the only scene in the entire movie that centers on female pleasure here.
0: Oh my gosh, it's so good. The only, I, this, 50-50, I, it, I'll, I'll I'll tell you the other one that I really like, but okay. I would say that the, the, the movie, the scene where Kim is in the back, I guess, storeroom? Storeroom, I think. Gallery. Yeah. Um, and she is looking through slides of presumably people's uh, portfolios that have been sent to her because I this is how it was done back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's alone and she's in the dark and it's very sexy and there's music and she is, uh, m- we're made to feel as though she, there's an elaborate masturbation scene happening before us. And it is definitely, I would say this is the only se- actual sexy, non-creepy scene in the whole movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's the only one that didn't make me feel. Ugh. I was like, okay, <laughs> get it. Get you some of the work, girl.
1: Uh, and then what does this lead us to? The Maybe the most famous scene in the movie?
0: It is the most famous scene. I don't know why. It's in front of the refrigerator. It's seemingly cold and sticky i didn't like it at all it's a scene where mickey feeds kim an array of mismatched stomach ache inducing foods and other things including but not limited to uh cough syrup spiral pasta yeah. milk gross. Yeah, gross and uh not so subtle seltzer just shot uh-uh it's a disastrous mess. And it also seems just the stickiest. I mean, there's honey, there's cough syrup, there's all, all sorts of things and everything is on the floor. And her roommate is home.
1: Okay. Her roommate is home. At one point, I think there's flour on the floor. It looks like there's yes. like, it's like disgusting. And also it's noisy. And are they really playing that? I like bread and butter. I like crackers and jam song out loud. Is it that,
0: or is it totally silent? Or are they listening to something else? That's one of those things you never know in movies. (laughs) Like, Are they actually listening to the soundtrack song? Because that kind of works. But are they just silently doing this? That's gross too. Well, and she strips for him later. Is she she stripping to that song?
1: Uh, There's a lot of questions musically uh, that we just don't know.
0: I felt like she was stripping to that song because- it matches it up. works okay it works right. this one questionable <laughs> yeah I don't know I remember thinking that this was the most unrealistic scene um it just looked uncomfortable and it was never also I'm like I like clean thing I like to be yeah. clean I like I I don't mm, I don't want to be sticky I don't want to be covered with anything I don't no. want to like clean up after it because you know that she's the one cleaning that up he didn't clean that up oh, he's he got a housekeeper
1: and he wants her to be his sexual housekeeper so now that's no. the other
0: thing he has a house with no roommate sleeping in it. Yes. And do this at her house in her kitchen.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh. Gross. I thought I was gonna love having sex with food. <laughs>
0: <laughs> having sex with food.
1: And no, no, no. It didn't go that way. I think mm-hmm. I tried a a popsicle situation. Ah. Uh,
0: again, cold. Point.
1: Cold. It wasn't great, <laughs> and it's sticky. Whipped cream, sticky.
0: Yeah. I thought that strawberries and whipped cream would be fun, right? Would be the thing that would, and no, I mean, like for one thing, it never came up, but it never came up (laughs) because I really didn't want it to. Yeah.
1: I don't know. That one I thought was very sexy. Also, I think there was something about like when he gives her like the cough syrup, her like, oh, it's gross, but giggle, giggle. That made it feel fun. Like it, it felt more like playtime. Yeah, but because I didn't understand all of the like the the dark shadows, um, you know, l- lurking underneath. which happens pretty quickly after, uh, you know, when she wants him to go to a party with her, right?
0: Yes. And by the way, again in that scene, she is yet again blindfolded, which which is also something I never wanted. And no, I mean, I I, I say that I would now. Because now I'm in a safe space. Now that would be fine. But I think that the reason that that always seemed like not a thing that I would ever want to do is because I don't think that for the majority of the situations that I was in when I was younger, that I just, no, no. I don't wanna be tied up. I don't wanna be blindfolded. I wanna know exactly what's going on at all times. No.
1: And she's not safe with him. So maybe it's a metaphor that she's blinded. By his, you know, gaslighting, grooming bullshit. She's basically in his cult.
0: Speaking of the cult, he really shows himself increasingly to be a very, not just a narcissist, but an immature narcissist. Because she wants him to go out with her. He wants to like, she wants to, to introduce him to friends and have a relationship with him. Yeah. And he flat out says, no, I will not be doing that. And you can see them during the day, and you will see me only alone at night, which is grooming and narcissism at its, at its, you know, top level. That yeah. is you are isolating the person. you are taking their them away from their friends, their your their life, their you know, and, and you're not going out in public with them necessarily. Yeah, it's gross. He, he's basically treating her as an inanimate doll, yeah that, instead of a a, you know, grown ass woman, like, yeah that she, that she is, which is just gross. You're my nighttime sex puppet. yes, puppet. Oh, this kind of thing was um, really difficult for me to identify in a relationship when I was in my 20s. It was really difficult for me to understand that um, those kind of things were red flags. Yeah. She was in danger. Yeah, he's not offering her much. So he leaves her alone at one point. He gets a phone call, leaves her alone in his apartment, and she does what anyone would do with someone that you are getting no information from Mm -hmm. which is you go through their stuff and i don't even think that she did it in a way that was all that weird because she was spending time there she had things there by this point yeah like we're sort of meant to believe that they're spending every night together by this time and so the idea that it's really an overstep for her to go into his closet feels ridiculous like I, i I don't know if I would have been comfortable doing it, but I also don't blame her for doing it. She's trying to get any information. She finds a photo of him and another girl mm-hmm. from obviously the past. And he immediately, like he, he's psychically connected to her, yep. calls and accuses her of going through his stuff and finding exactly what she found. Right. And and then cue him coming home to punish her for right. it. Give her a spanking. Is, yes, give her a spanking. And this is the scene like this is the gross scene this is the one that should have just been tossed out I mean this is and you know trigger trigger warnings all around but this is a rape scene that's exactly what this is there's and I don't want to say it in any other way because it deserves to be said that that is what is happening yep and what Adrian Lynn tries to make it look like is that he's he's not really maybe that mad at her um and that this is more of like a makeup sex situation and that she's going to she enjoys it and that she's in on this situation somehow and none of that works no it's even, a rape scene it's it's absolutely that and even though by the end of it you know the way that she's reacting is though she's into it i don't also know that there's another way that any woman in the scenario you'd be freaking out yeah, I don't know. I don't right? know what you'd be doing. I don't know what the other thing. I mean, well, she so- hasn't
1: had enough yet, right? So she hasn't had enough yet. Yes. And the part of her that the itch in her that he's scratching is still intriguing her. Yeah. As she's being manipulated enough that she'll be born along on this shit. It's right?
0: the concept that this is love that lust is love that obsession you know, is love obsessions love that this yeah. massively overwhelming feeling must be love yeah and that this is therefore a loving act like obviously if this person loves me and this person cares about me then this must be in there in that case a loving act bullshit 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 he Knox. made
1: her breakfast lex he made her breakfast and he ironed her clothes he the ironed next morning her clothes and that's what you so, do with your baby doll that you yep it's that whole like I love you baby why do you make me treat this way like like oh yes the I'm gonna be the most tender and the most gentle and the most sexy with you and the most sort of daddy caring after I've hurt you the most right and so now we're locked in this yin and yang insanity
0: and it's the increasing infantilization of Ken's character like it's the it's the increasing um her own identity getting stripped away from her and what he wants to project onto her becoming more and more of not who she is but who he sees her as because he's like making it real and it's and it's flat and one-sided and there's no part of her that's actually in that yeah he doesn't know her no it's gross it's gross um i don't want to talk about the scene where she dresses up as a man because they're so incredibly problematic and by a man I mean she just dresses in a suit Uh, it's and she puts on a fake mustache it's so dumb and it is so cringeworthy and so problematic that we don't need to talk about it the only reason that I want to mention it is because it evolves (laughs) and ends in um a group of guys yelling homophobic things at them to which she then provokes them They get into a fight. They're running and she stabs one of them in an alleyway. He runs away and then they have sex.
1: It's like she stabs a guy.
0: She stabs someone with a knife. She, she also, she disarmed. She got this knife and then Mm -hmm. she, she, they somehow managed to, was there like three men at that point? Like none of it makes any sense. It's absolutely absurd. And if I For the first, presumably, this is the first time that Kim has stabbed a man.
1: (laughs) I mean, that we know of. She she was was in the in the late 70s.
0: But if I had just had my first experience of having, A, to defend myself, because, you know, that was a very scary situation. And then, like, putting a knife into someone's flesh, I would have been like, we need to immediately leave here and... Step one, call the police.
1: Yes, call the
0: ambulance. <laughs> and, and step two, I needed a large like scotch. like yeah. I need, I, I'm I'm shaking and and very upset. instead, they just have sex in the grossest New York rainwater pea stained steamy. I can smell it. <laughs> like I can smell it. I can taste it. It's. It's like, oh,
1: now that I know what it's like to be a man, let's fuck. Because what, what do men do? Men do violence. So, yeah. like, what a turn on. I've got that yes. male testosterone. Yeah. Like, oh my God, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's some bullshit right there.
0: Yeah, she was acting out. Like, it was, it was as though she was acting out her her male side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said,
1: I'm, I'm male. Oh, She's like, whatever. I'm male. I stab. I fuck. Let's go. But really, you know.
0: Pretty and sh- like it could have also been a scene in which she is jolted back into reality through the pure adrenaline nature of what had just happened. But instead, that is the beginning of her in complete and total disassociation from life. <laughs> in my notes, I wrote, uh, this podcast has already made me learn the textbook definitions of disassociation, sodomy, and grooming. <laughs> because Aww. I was sure I was actually using them correctly. And uh I am. (laughs) But she's just walking around like she's she's stunned. She's losing herself, right? She's She's she's, losing herself.
1: Yeah. She's disappearing into this psychosexual bullshit game.
0: Which is depression and- you know, that's, that is not good feelings. Those are not, you should, a relationship should make you feel elevated and more of yourself, not dragged down and less of yourself, but you shouldn't be trying to find the remaining pieces of who you are in a relationship. (laughs) Um, This is uh, just for a moment of levity. When they're in the department store having that very, very strange interaction with the woman in the betting department, over the loudspeaker, someone pages Jerry Bruckheimer to the betting department i mean I- I was uh, i paused it and rewound and i was like no that was exactly what it was and this is the movie it was flash dance Flash Dance. yes in 1983 flash dance uh was jerry was a producer on flash dance with adrian lynn and there we that go is your easter egg right there oh the boys club's having fun yeah so i thought that was funny and i i wouldn't have noticed that with the first watch ever that's actually pretty great yeah yeah that was pretty funny actually um i don't know if a riding crop is uh qualifies as a trope because i i honestly don't remember i don't know they buy a riding crop that they never use just i don't know because bdsm
1: (laughs) i think that's it they're like what are what do people do in movies when they want to show bdsm a riding crop what do they do with it we don't know just i don't know just show it
0: i guess in the secretary
1: there's a writing crop in that
0: yeah um and in 50 shades but we don't discuss that um so I don't know if it's necessarily a an an early on trope but that is one thing that I that has come up in my in my life and that is that is that is delightful but also again with consent and used not as a Punishment, which I feel like is what Mickey is doing here. He's yeah. like, Well, if you step out of line again, you go through my closet. Yes. So so and that's we don't even need to discuss that anymore because it's so dumb and it never comes up. But it's so dumb. but now I'm excited because the the one scene that is fun in this whole movie is upon us, which is when uh when Kim dances to uh you can leave your hat on. And you it is actually amazing. She's yeah, so cute. It's in the so scene. cute. She's so sexy. She's in charge. He doesn't seem to be that into it because she's in charge. He's just sitting <laughs> like, on
1: that big, dumb chair,
0: like a big, dumb asshole. He's just sitting there watching her, but yeah, she, she looks great. Um, she looks like she's having fun. It looks delightful. And I know I've never danced for anyone. I would probably Dance for my husband now, but I don't know that I could do it without doing it in a way that was kind of funny. I, like, think I don't that's know the fun of it, right? Like, yeah, I
1: definitely like like light lap dancing, fun stuff.
0: But yeah. like
1: always playful, always like sexy. But for me, the fun is in you're sharing sort of a vulnerable, silly, sexy thing together
0: I think it's a personality know. thing we're both yeah. kind of goofy yeah and so it would be disingenuous to our personalities <laughs> to try to do that with a straight face yeah. like they don't and also men don't care <laughs> No, they're like you're getting naked for me. Yay! Excellent. He like I don't laugh. care. Yeah, I no. don't care what format. They don't care if you're laughing. But it, this was this was a funny and fun scene, and I really liked it. And I wanted yep. to listen to the song over and over and over again. And so also, cool. it had every trope that you could possibly find. It had the silk slip, which I have owned throughout my life, and I do I do own one now. Always hot. Always hot. Always hot. Um, a uh, light leaking through window blinds. Eighties. Mm, it's so '80s, and I don't really understand. It's like this. There, there's like what is there? A, a giant neon sign outside the It's always a that's neon projecting. sign,
1: right? It is. Or a lot of times it's like a blue light. It's like very, yes. the, and it's that very basic Venetian. It has to be blind those blinds. Backlighting, sexy slip, sexy heels, sexy fire escape. Yes, and you just know we're fucking. A bit of dust, a bit of dust moat in the air.
0: (laughs) So you can really see the lines going through. Uh, High heels for no reason, but sexy, Mm. Um, which I have no problem with. I have no problem with dancing in heels. I actually love heels. And a fire escape, which I also think is kind of an 80s, Trope. 80s new york really the only fire escapes in new york are the older buildings so like the pre-war but also fire escapes
1: are fun because there's the thing where you can pull them down and people can <laughs> climb up them to meet their lover you can have sex on a fire escape you can throw someone off a fire escape like it's very a west side prop. story yes. yeah it's a great prop yes and they're very new york like if you're like shorthand for new york it's like I mean, steam it was... coming out of grates yes you know fire escapes eating pizza Folded on the street,
0: always Walkin', cabbies that walking are angry. pizza, walking pizza Cabby's <laughs> going, you move your car out of here, you um, <laughs> the honk, the honk, the unnecessary honk. But this, then, but then it gets darker, right? We, we, but, we yeah, take it. we had such a nice time that I, I admit that I am trying to linger and you don't nice want to get there, a good feeling because it, it doesn't like it's the rape scene goes by quickly it's like sort of a flash in the pan yeah the the rest of this movie is basically just darkness like it is just it is so dark and is so dismal and is so like heavy feeling yeah and I think that the reason that it struck me it's not like the things that happen in it which are to be honest not relatable because they're so outrageous yeah but the feeling that it brought about in me i was like no i i have felt that feeling of dark out of control yeah um in a relationship where like things have spiraled so far
1: yeah we're unraveling now
0: yeah we've now we've just entirely unraveled one of the people that is involved so it's um i feel like this this deserves to be sort of described for people who don't necessarily remember what happens hit me because (laughs) part of and this is a little funny but I hate it Kim has her art opening yep the thing that she's been working her entire this whole time so this whole movie in the background she's been working for this art opening and Mickey is like okay I know that your opening is tonight but I'm going to need you to without any explanation meet me at the Chelsea Hotel I could have a whole podcast just on my experiences at the Chelsea Hotel that place is Uh. both one of my favorite and least favorite places ever I would not sleep there yeah. Um, but he isn't even there when she gets there. He gets. She gets into the room. Uh, he wants her to blindfold herself alone and get undressed. Mm-hmm. And when he arrives, like he, she's not blindfolded, he blindfolds her. She does get undressed, and then out of nowhere, um, this woman who speaks uh, apparently only Spanish. I, I. That's at least in the scene. She only speaks Spanish. Um, and I think that we're supposed to like assume that she's a sex worker that he hired. That's what um, I was assuming. Yeah. It's never said, but it's sort of that that's the implication again, yeah. could unpack so much about that. Not fair to this poor woman who's just mm-hmm. trying to earn her goddamn yeah. living. She's got a kid, maybe. Um, I don't know. She's, yeah, who, I don't care. She's, or she just likes it. You yeah, know? On grind. Like I had no problem with that, but she enters into a situation where she's clearly been instructed to, you know, seduce Kim, but Kim doesn't even know that this woman is there. So all of a sudden she's being touched by a stranger who is a woman who we know that that was never cleared with her. There was no consent given. There's no like, Hey, would you be interested in bringing another woman into this scenario? Also, he's just sort of sitting there weirdly, not watching it in a sexy way, but watching it in a way in which he's only looking at how Kim is reacting. Like because it's, he's a predator. Yes, it right, is it's purely, a predatory scene. Purely predatory and yeah. it is super gross. And her reaction is to freak out and honestly same. Well she is being assaulted. She's absolutely it's like, being it's assaulted. It's not
1: better that it's a woman. No. Like you could say well it's a girl, right? And girls are affectionate and girls have fun and girls can touch each other. No. When any person That you have not given consent to touch your body or kiss you or see you naked is touching you or kissing you or seeing you naked. That is a sexual assault. And the movie, it's like the movie is like, well, she's this far in. She may not like this, but this is a part of the deal. And it is not the part of any deal, mother.
0: And And that is a good point, what you just said, because you are constantly, when you are in a relationship and it should be organic- and it, it, people make it sound as though it's like, oh, you're ruining the mood. You are constantly supposed to be checking in with the person that you are partnered with to make sure that everything that's happening is okay with them. Yep. It does not matter how long you have been with that person. It doesn't matter how many things you have done in the past. Just because you did something in the past doesn't make it something that you might want to do in the future. You need to ask your, your partner whether or not they want to continue to do that or if they want yeah. to do it again and like how and when and you know all that kind of stuff, which I think people get uh, very confused as to how to make that sexy. Or when men, let's, let's just call it what it is when men are arguing against that, like, yeah. how is that sexy to keep, you know, checking in? <laughs> As I said that, I'm like, it is sexy. Like, it, it is. is sexy to be checked in with. It is sexy to have someone, you know, be like, is this, is this okay? Is this, are you having a good time? Yeah. And- you know, it doesn't really take a lot. You don't need to like sign a paper, you know, you know I feel like then try to, like, you know, well, what do you want me to do? Sign a contract every time? No, that's not the point. Just make sure that the other person is having a good time yeah. and that the, all the things that you're doing are ones, things that they want to be doing.
1: And that should be a joy. I yes. think it's this thing where, you know, you always make the argument. That's the, the biggest argument and the stupidest against it. It's like, yes. oh, I'm going to say, can I place one hand on your nipple? Oh, yes. Okay. Can I rub your nipple three times in a circle? Oh, okay. Can I kiss you on your belly button in a path down towards your lady parts?
0: It's like, no, no one is. No. Fuck that guy. You dumbass. <laughs> Nobody's
1: asking for no, that. No, no one's
0: asking for that. We're asking not to be blindfolded in a random hotel room and have a stranger invited to touch our naked parts. Yeah. That's um, that's one of the things. That's a that where That's one of the things we don't want.
1: I've been happily married for, it will be uh, six years next month. Yes. And if my husband, if I turned up one day and walked into our bedroom and there was a lady there that was just like, hello, I touch you now? I would be like, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no. not a surprise. Thank you. But we've no. never had a conversation about, you know, it would be delightful. <laughs> now, if we had, great. Yes. Sure. Yes. Exactly. There's not, and that's the other thing I think that is kind of a bummer about this movie is that, you know, obviously we've come a long way. And if you're, if you're interested in threesome, then they can be an awesome, wonderful thing. Or if you're curious about trying it, there's a safe way to try it. You like it. You don't like it. You don't have to do it again. Yep. But there's lots of things in this movie that if handled correctly, i.e. The whole movie could have been, i.e. a writing crop, i.e. food play. Start to finish. Everything is done in the most sus, (laughs) traumatic, (laughs) shitty way.
0: You know, well, this and is it's kind of a drag. This movie is an example of what happens when you take consent and communication out of a relationship, right? Right. This is what is left trauma. Yeah. Th- that's what's left. If you take yeah. those two things away, you have nine and weeks <laughs> that's, And if that's... one of the two people is a bad actor,
1: meaning a, he's also, a good actor, but he's a bad actor. He, he, yeah. he doesn't, his intentions are all self-driven, right? And he doesn't oh, care self-driven. about her pleasure. He doesn't care about her happiness. He doesn't care about her mental wellness, which can you drive us
0: home here? Where does it end up for our, our darling? God, it's really bad. It's really bad. She, she runs out of the hotel room. She books it panics. She runs, she goes into a sex shop and she runs to the back of it where there is a live sex show going, which by the way, if people think that this is not a realistic thing um like if they you know don't know anything about new york in the 80s or even to be honest some parts of new york now yeah um sex shops are still a thing but they were a major thing back then and the way that it would work is like the most vanilla things would be in the front so just you know toys and video or whatever and then you would get further and further back into the shop and it would become it would progress into more and more hardcore and also questionably legal yeah situations so yeah. like she books it directly back to questionably legal into a live sex show in 4 seconds in 4 seconds he follows her and she in a panic which again, I kind of understand, like, I, I don't understand, like, this scene is not relatable to me, but she's freaking out, and yeah. she just sort of grabs a dude and makes out with him, and then he, Mickey Rourke c- comes over, cuts in, grabs her, and, like, sort of, like, takes her back kind yeah. of a situation, Yep. Um, all during a period of time in which she's supposed to technically be at her art opening at work. At her-
1: because he's cut out the ropes of all the things she cares about. Yep. And it is an aggressive act to plan this sex night on the night of her opening. That it's is, on deliberate. Yes. Yeah, is deliberate. Yes. That's a deliberate
0: situation. And yeah. it's so gross. And the thing is that <laughs> I, I want to cheer for her because that's the last straw for her. Finally, so, we did it. Yeah, but we've gone way too far also. Like, I feel not this is not a criticism of Kim it's a criticism of like how this movie just went way too far and she goes back to his uh, apartment the next morning gets her stuff and leaves and in true narcissistic fashion he immediately tries to get her to stay by finally giving her tidbits about himself that are personal and she looks at him as just like absolutely not no. like that's don't. way too late like i don't want to i don't want to know about your family now after no. you did all the things that you did it's no. gross and oh
1: and i'm gonna go have to go to a mental institution for a little while for this breakdown
0: because yeah, because
1: so. like, the woman that the ingeborg, woman that wrote the book ingeborg she um, ended up in an institution for a while you know like that that, that 80s Nervous yeah. exhaustion breakdown.
0: It, yes, exactly. Yeah. Which, I mean, God, I definitely, relationships can do that. They can make yeah. you, uh, unhealthy ones yeah. can make you spiral. And it's not because you're weak or you gave over too much control or you did anything wrong. It's traumatizing. Yeah. Like it well, hits at the, at the very deepest parts of somebody when, you know, someone can hurt sort of like the, the innermost raw meat of your soul.
1: Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. The raw meat of your soul. Yeah. That's deep.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know. Picture that. <laughs> no, I, don't <laughs> no, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to do that. It's
1: true. Like when someone messes with the core of who you thought you were Yeah. and yeah. It, it, it's very scary because I think it's like, for those of us who've been, I've had one relationship where we've talked about stupid, ugly, he who shall not be named, but mm. where He was such a gaslighter and, and so manipulative and also so exciting and so unlocking all my creative potential. And I was so crazy for him. And he just demolished my sense of self where I was doing things like just demeaning myself in every way to try to Mm -hmm. be with him that Mm -hmm. by the time it ended, I was like, I cannot believe I'm this like groveling, sad person who has no love Mm -hmm. for themselves. And you would think it couldn't happen to you. And this is why people always judge people in cults. But a relationship can be a cult. And it actually, under the right circumstances, isn't that hard to get dismantled?
0: I've I've had it happen very quickly. And the thing that I got wrong um, when I did get health, you know, like when I did get healthy and when I was in right. a relationship that was really healthy and good and showed me, oh, you don't have to give up parts of yourself. You can, you can be deserving of love, all of those kind of things. Like when I had experienced that, and unfortunately that specific, that first like super awesome, great relationship didn't work out in a relationship sense. Um, When that ended, I was like, okay, well, now I know what's healthy, which means from now on, the things that I enter into will therefore be healthy. Like I, cause I've learned that is not correct. It's two things in in my experience and tell me, I don't know if you agree, but um, one of them was I immediately got into a unhealthy relationship with someone, but I identified it in three months rather than three four years there you go i i knew very quickly i was like oh this person is not right for me but the idea that you're gonna just know right from the get-go no like that absolutely not and also there are different formats of an unhealthy relationship some of which you may not have experienced yet and so you may not identify that the relationship that you then get into when you think that you're whole and healthy and all that kind of stuff, like it is, it is harder than it's made out to be. Like it is very difficult, especially if you are not taught from a very young age, what is healthy, it's really difficult to identify it right away. And sometimes you're already in it.
1: Yeah. And and I think you're right. I think that the only thing we can do and like encourage younger women to do and older women and all women is there's that still small voice inside all of us that says, this doesn't feel right. This can't feel mm-hmm. right. This doesn't feel yeah. like love. This doesn't feel like respect. And there are other things that play in all of us that will have us push that voice down. And I think yeah. the best any of us can do is listen to it and respect it Yeah. and call that shit out early,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as early as you can, as early yes, as you can recognize it. Yeah. Uh, but agreed, like, you know, no two bad relationships are bad in the exact same way. And you can be exploited differently. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right. It's like, be gentle with ourselves. But listen, if when, when Mickey Rourke had said to her, I don't think you should be here. Do you feel uncomfortable? In the best world, she's been through this shit enough that she thinks about it. And she goes, you know what? I am uncomfortable. And and I can tell you right now, I I can see the writing on the wall of what this relationship leads to. And I'm not going to play. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have a movie, but that's
0: okay. (laughs) Is that <laughs> is that that bad that <laughs> to not live have this it. movie? Could live without it. It could have been a short about a woman who calls someone out for bad behavior and leaves. <laughs> it would be
1: a twelve-minute short film, and it would just start going. No, never mind. Do you uh, think this movie holds up over time, Alexis? I can't tell by your synopsis. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I think this movie is garbage. And I, I, by the way, never saw another nine and a half weeks. They made a sequel. I and was I this
1: many it. minutes old when I
0: discovered that that <laughs> existed. They did, and I never saw it. I'm willing to. I'm willing to watch it, but I don't think that there's a reason to. No, but I know I this movie didn't need to be made and Mm-mm. doesn't need to exist. And oh my god, if you look at the YouTube trailer comment section, Uh-oh. the it's just people loving on this movie
1: are they saying it's so sexy it's dark and it's sexy. So it's so great It's
0: yes it's it's so romantic it's so sexy like it is a comment section full of people that have entirely missed the point point. and I'm not I I don't know I mean I'm, are they just remembering it that way or have they recently watched it it's hard to know but I think that it is unfortunate that that many people because I did I was like I gotta see I gotta know what people think about this it was not good that's horrifying. We have work yeah. to do. You know, we're not, our work
1: isn't done here, Lex. This is why part of why <laughs> we have, to, <laughs> this is why we're here. And so I feel like some of the films that we're going to do in here are going to be sexy and are going to be fun 100%. and a great way to explore sex. And, and maybe was helpful for us in kind of understanding what sexuality might look like.
0: So we were talking about how we don't think that this movie needed to be made, right? If you're looking at it not as, you know, a box office movie, but if you're looking at it as just a a guy that had a vision to, to make a piece of art mm-hmm. and this was the piece of art that he made, how far are you allowed to, do you think that you're allowed to go with that, like with a piece of art, um, even if that could be damaging? This- like if he was trying to show a relationship that is, volatile and tumultuous and very dark and, you know, ends in sort of a mushroom cloud. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I,
1: I think there's probably two thoughts from my end. One is, I think this movie would be more appropriately directed by a woman. Absolutely. And that movie, I think, would have a lot of value. Yep. Because if you could make a movie that was more of a depth portrayal of the way that people can be sexually exploited... And emotionally exploited. And that psychosexual thing can get very scary. Then I think that could be an important movie and a good movie.
0: God, it would have been so different.
1: so different. But I think this movie was made to titillate first and foremost. Yeah. And that's the problem is when you take an abuse movie and make it a titillation movie. Mm -hmm. That to me is fuck that guy. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I personally believe almost any movie could be made thoughtfully.
0: And he know, wasn't trying to talk about the the dangers of a of a narcissistic grooming relationship. He was no. just like, look Isn't at this how kinky. This is. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, this is kinky how she gives up control in a fun, kinky way.
0: Oh God. It's
1: like, and also the idea that she let him, she was happy to let him happy take control. Happy to let him. Yeah. It's like, she didn't let him do anything. No. But that's boys. That's boy, especially oh, boys, especially boys of this era. If you've watched it as a younger person, mm-hmm. like I'd say between the ages of like fifteen and even you know twenty one or so, and then if you if you're a little older now, wherever that is, and and watched it as a fully formed sexual being,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I'd be really interested to see if people had you know because you didn't like it ever, and then but for a different reason for different later, yes. and I did like it, and then for the same reason as you disliked it now because we've grown into realized humans that don't want to be fucked with
0: you know what else but i'd be interested in i'd be interested in a teenager like a, a older teenager now like
1: 18 something like that
0: yeah currently with watching all it. of the information that they've had and hopefully better information yeah um watching it and and i bet they'd they... call bullshit immediately i hope, I hope so but what I if they didn't so. because
1: those girls on euphoria i
0: know it's a, a, playing... it's a hope but it's not, I don't know that how much of it is it's, it's maybe more girls, but not girls and boys. Oh but in Ashland, gosh. It's okay. in um, I feel a little bit dirty yeah. and not in a good way, Yeah, but um, I think it's okay. I think we're, I think we did a service by reviewing that.
1: I think we went through the Rubicon and we came out stronger.
0: We did. I feel stronger. I'm not going to now go have sex
1: with cough syrup or honey. So you, so you don't have to picture that. That's it. Thank you for deconstructing nine and a half weeks with us. If you like this podcast, please go give us a review. It would mean the world to us. If you didn't like this podcast, you are free to never listen again and tell no one about it. You can follow us for updates on Instagram and That's Not Sexy Pod or Send us suggestions for movies you'd like us to cover on info at that'snotsexypod.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Until next time.
0: Bye. Bye. Lates. That's Not Sexy is brought to you by Morning Fog Entertainment, created by Alexis Mixter and produced by Alexis Mixter and AJ D'Agostino, edited by John Morrow with music from Disaster and extra inspiration from the Dagmaro Hounds, Bowie and Scully. We love you.